0: Good morning, Fullerton. Here are your headlines for the first week of April 2022. Number 1. Temporary Outdoor Dining Program Extended Fulton City Council voted on March 15 to extend the Temporary Outdoor Dining Program instituted to support Fulton restaurants during the pandemic until September 30. The temporary program that waived the normal permitting process for outdoor dining on private and public property, the fees for use of public space, and allowing some restaurants to operate on a portion of West Wilshire Avenue was slated to end on March 21. Even before the pandemic, Fulton has had a regular outdoor dining program. Businesses that apply by June 13 to participate in this regular program will continue operations without interruption while the normal permitting process is completed. Number 2. Pedestrians struck and killed by train Fulton police officers responded to the railroad tracks at Commonwealth Avenue and Brookhurst Road regarding reports of a pedestrian who had been struck by a train on Monday, March 28, at approximately 6.29 a.m. Upon arrival, officers located a male lying on the train overpass. The pedestrian had significant traumatic injuries and was pronounced dead. A northbound Amtrak train carrying 89 passengers and five crew members stopped and remained on the scene for several hours. No passenger or crew injuries were reported. 3. Council Majority Approves 2.5% Budget Cuts A Fulton City Council majority voted to approve 2.5% across-the-board budget cuts at their March 15 meeting. The cuts will affect 21 staff positions including the elimination of 4 police officers, 4 firefighters, 1 maintenance worker, 1 parks and recreation assistant, 2 library positions, and other positions. Most of these positions are currently vacant, meaning funded but not filled. These cuts are on top of an additional $3.8 million reduction incorporated onto the adopted budget. 4. New council districts make council member Silva ineligible to run in 2024. At the special Fulton City Council meeting on March 29, the council voted 3-2. Council members Jesus Silva and Emma Zara opposed to approve MAP 114 for city council elections. The new voting districts will be affected for the November 8 election when districts 3 and 5 will be on the ballot. Silva, the District 3 representative, will not be eligible to run for re-election in 2024 because the new District 3 does not include his residence. His home is now in District 2, which will not be on the ballot until 2024. No other council members were moved to a different district. 5. Levar Burton reads to Richmond Elementary School students The story about Rhino isn't just about everything that he lost. It's also about things that he gained in terms of knowing that we're never alone and that we all need help getting through life. Said actor, educational advocate, and author Levar Burton to an assembly of Richmond Elementary School students. Burton built his career around his love for stories and nurturing storytime fascination for school-aged children everywhere. On Tuesday, March 15, Levar Burton shared his own story, the Rhino Who Swallowed the Storm, with students and the Fulton community during a special event at Richmond Elementary, hosted by Tony's and the Fulton School District. Tony's is the original screen-free audio entertainment system for young children. Levar Burton and Tony's partner to donate over 100 Tony boxes to Fulton School District. Next, we have an interview with Marlo Delara. There is a video version of this available on our YouTube channel, so be sure to check it out. So, my first question for you today is, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for reaching out, and especially, I love Instagram, Uh so
1: it's my favorite platform. I think for a lot of artists, it's our favorite platform, so it was such a personable
0: way to be contacted. And I wanted to reach you directly, too, because I feel like if you go through a lot of, you know, um, bureaucracy and a lot of other people, the artist's opinion often gets lost. So, I want to do first ask you and then ask the museum, you know. So, let's get started with something very general. So when I first found out about you, I first went to your website and the first three words I see are artist, academic, activist. So I want you to talk a little bit about what that means to you and how these roles kind of intertwine with each other in your life.
1: Yeah. So um, one of the things that I'm I'm, so academically, I'm really, I do a lot of work in critical theory mm-hmm. and a lot of that goes about, goes around how do we language things and what is the purposefulness of that what are the cadences or the charges in our word choice and even things as simple as like case and capitalization and punctuation and um and as we've seen with like the written word and poetry and things like that i it was it was it was a very intentional choice like i'm i'm fond of the language of artivist right which mm-hmm. you know uses both activist and artivist But I think there's something about um, making the choice to blur those definitions as opposed to very specifically identifying Mm -hmm. those aspects of your life. And I don't know if I don't know if this um, to me, I I think you can tell that I don't put spaces. Yeah. Right. So like Mm -hmm. that to me, it's because they all are it's it should be one word yet Mm -hmm. with like. In the same way I'm like a transnational person as a Filipino-American, I don't use the Mm -hmm. hyphen. If I can, I use phil-am with no hyphen. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think that like all of these arenas kind of flow into each other. So I would say when you're a kid, you kind of know what you're about. Mm
0: -hmm. And those
1: three words kind of already whether or not he knew it right whether or not I was like at the library being like mom's like let's go check out your books like just pick your 10 books we can get out of here or mm-hmm. it was like cannot like I'm so, like you know they leave the room and then you're they're, like why did you do that with the pasta you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is
1: um and then also like I was always that person who would just like when my friends felt bad or when they would get some messaging or bullying mm-hmm. or whatever it was I always like I would always go into a place of passionately, like defending, mm-hmm. like the right to be human, and to like people should be aware of that vulnerability. Right. And so, as you can see, as an artist, you identify, you convey vulnerability. That's actually, in my mm-hmm. opinion, where the best work happens. Whether or not you convey that, like vulnerability, you go to a vulnerable space to make art. Mm-hmm. And in the same place, when you stand up for people, right? right. It's a like. It's always a nerve-wracking experience to stand up for someone, but also it's, like, a beautiful thing to watch someone struggle, Mm -hmm. you know, and to to do it for the the side of being, like, we all struggle. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it's going to look unpolished the way I'm saying, like, don't pick on my friend just because she likes to eat boiled eggs or whatever it was, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's a true story. Uh Um, Because she ate boiled eggs every day for, like, first through fifth grade. It was very confusing. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, to me, it's those purposely artist, activist, and academic. I teach because I want to change the world. Right. I make art because I want to change the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And I see teaching as a form of art,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I see activism as a form of art. Right. And so, on all of those have to do with connecting, which is also a form of art.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So all of them just combine.
0: Yeah, and I, I found that so beautiful when I uh, went on your website and it had your name and right under the three words between and dots between each. And I was um, fascinated to see that because, you know, as you said, it is a choice. And I was like, why did she choose this? I have to ask about it. you yeah,
1: know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that when people let themselves imagine that there's, there's something there for them to see that they may not, are they supposed to question it or not? And mm-hmm. the fact to just go there, just to acknowledge your curiosity is right. such like, I'm all about that.
0: <laughs> and and thank you for explaining that. Because I, I found I find these things to be so interconnected. Um and, and when we put these words separately, you make them into rigid roles that don't overlap with each other and as you explained, they're all a form of each other. You know, artists, academic, activists. Totally.
1: And it's like and it's now, right? Like mm-hmm. the concept of like social media and then being a social influencer, most mm-hmm. of like that's because they're also an activist, also because they understand the art form. They understand it's a way to connect to people. Mm-hmm. Like, we live in times where nobody's, like, rigidly in one role. And if so, it's oftentimes because they're forced to be so, right? right? Like, because they're, they're told that they cannot expand beyond their, uh, what they've been placed into. Mm-hmm. Right, so I love that. Is that like we all understand the concept of platform, and we all craft our own uh, performances of ourselves in the world.
0: Right, and, and you know these new forms of websites and Instagram that lets us do that. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're defining our own personalities and personhood instead of having other people define that. Totally, totally. And even mm-hmm. with things like
1: punctuation or how mm-hmm. you how you deal the color balance in your videos, or
0: mm-hmm. or even just like
1: a addressing the form, right? Like, being like, I'm only, I like, there's some people who just use pure emojis in their, in their, like, you know, description of it is, And it's actually much more of, like, in the same way that haikus are a respected art form. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's like that person's relationship to those symbols is more mm-hmm. important than getting, like, three paragraphs from me.
0: Right. right?
1: Like if you, you know, have to decode it. Totally. I love right. the idea of, like, I don't, I don't want to spoil the new Batman for anyone,
0: uh-huh. but, there's
1: <laughs> but there's a whole bit about ciphering, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool because I love the idea of I think we've all had friends that you send like codes messages to mm-hmm. people and stuff like that, and that's such a like a more engaged process of communicating mm-hmm. and like kind of like we and we do participate in codes anyway, like in the world all the time by code switching and knowing when to talk and in what ways in order to be effective mm-hmm. so like yes, yes, to all that i yes. just I just think there's so much we can do with all these platforms and the words and like even that like to be able to do that right. without um to put not spaces to use punctuation that way we, oftentimes cultural gatekeepers or proper journalism or certain press you know there was formats that you had to honor well what happens if we go beyond that like maybe something interesting that's much more interesting than continuing the same ways people have always done things
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, breaking the tradition, and I love that. So we've already talked a little bit about this, but in in what ways does your art, you know, how does it give a voice to those otherwise overlooked in society? And you talked a little bit about you standing up for your friend who was getting bullied, and I, I'm from what I've seen, I I've, I can see in your art you do that through your art too. So just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think a lot of times, and, and oftentimes,
1: we think reputation or um, fame even, have to do with um, conforming, right? Mm -hmm. And they have to do with this is the way that you put a message into the world, right? And if you don't put that message out that way, then it's not going to come through. But what if we're not giving humanity enough credit? Mm -hmm. What if we're not making like, what, what if we made that space for people to think and fill it in for their own self? Then you have that, like, then we all feel that. As a kid, like, you didn't understand why you liked that song and probably shouldn't sing those lyrics. But there was some kind of hook (laughs) or whatever it was Mm -hmm. that made you get engaged with it. And the rest of your life, whether or not, well, whether or not you got the lyrics right or not, there was something about that that resonated with you. So to me, when I make art, it's about allowing for those spaces for people to feel like their interpretation of it is also part of the form. Mm -hmm. Like, I could... Happily stay home all day and record things for myself and, like, take pictures and smash them together and (laughs) do whatever to, like, tape my, like, I don't know, there's literally a piece upstairs where it's just, like, water going down a drain, Mm -hmm. right? Uh (laughs) And I find that interesting. But what I find interesting is that what if there's no exposition about it, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What if it's just, and we see the growth of things like ASMR, Right. right, and, like, and people's connection to, like, and the expansiveness of, like, of, of different music forms and pop culture mm. and, and proliferation of shorter and short, like TikTok mm-hmm. versus like Instagram Live or YouTube. Right. And so we're seeing people push against the form. So I guess like in general, I'm pushing against the idea that, A, you have to do things the right way,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Like what is this right way? And also what is lost when we insist upon that right way? Mm-hmm. And then secondly is if we make gatekeeper culture is part of a way to engage with pop culture then we're losing the majority of humanity Mm -hmm. we can't tell people how to relate to art right we can't Mm -hmm. tell people how to feel but we can present it and say do you see part of yourself in that Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what i hopefully do and also maybe not annoy them too much at the same time but that's also okay if they do because then that becomes part of the piece as well
0: and that's their reaction to it yeah right that's their interpretation so You already, with all the hats that you put on, have a pretty busy life. And I want to ask, and this is for all of us here, how do you manage to be creative? You know, like where do you find time for that? How do you make it a part of your everyday life? So I think, first and
1: foremost, say creativity creativity is a way to pace. Okay. Right? It's a way to say, the way to say that all the choices that we make the conscious choices we make are also creative choices Mm -hmm. and um we can see them as learning lessons and sometimes it's like the documentary the sister outsider how um how can we do better for tomorrow that i did it's how do we fail better how do we how do we reflect on our mistakes and if we see all of these things and the creativity is part of our everyday life it's also looking at the way you pour your coffee in the morning, mm-hmm. or the way that like you missed your mom and you're gonna make sure you're gonna call her earlier in the day, tomorrow. Or maybe it's creativity is like being like, what if I, what if I allow myself to close my eyes and experience this silly reality show? Mm-hmm. How would I experience that differently? To like give agency to your and power to mm-hmm. your form of interpretation. Like that's a creative act. Right. To think mm-hmm. and and to put these things together that no one necessarily would do. Like right. that's a creative act. Yeah. So.
0: And that's a very different definition from what I think I've grown up believing that, you know, you're creative when you sit down on a desk, you have a piece of paper in front of you and you draw. Yeah. <laughs> that's where creativity flows out or you're writing. Yeah. In front of a typewriter, you know, in a really dark lit room by a candle. Yeah. Um but the way you explain it is it's everywhere you just yeah. have to see it
1: and it's one of those things too that if you once you start seeing that everything you do has the capacity or already is a creative act
0: mm-hmm. then
1: there's more capacity of it taking form or manifesting mm-hmm. into something that someone else can appreciate because you didn't already filter yourself out of the possibility of that mm-hmm. like for, yeah like watching a bathtub drain you know, like, and filming that or looking at it from different angles or, or as we all did with like a little kid, put your finger, you know, to be like, can I stop that? And then being like, well, like, you know, what, what in the world do we, how many things do we stick our finger in and try to like stop and change the flow of things. And then it just like that ability to just think creatively, to take all experiences fodder for like our way to find entry to others and understand other thoughts and ourselves really. Right. So I don't know if, like, to tell you the truth, in some ways, if I were, like, grading my grading what I just said, I'd probably mm-hmm. say I didn't answer the question and give myself a C-minus <laughs> on that. But I am insistently really think that there's nothing I that I find more saddening than people who discount themselves right. from even seeing themselves as an artist or a creative thinker. Mm-hmm. You know, like, sometimes being an artist is just being able to think about the world differently. It hasn't even reached its form of, like, picking up a brush or, like, in installation work like throwing you know throwing things on the floor and seeing what that might look like and actually allow that just you being present thinking artfully is enough for it to be something right and and so like i guess that's also the the what i kind of like try to contest when people when i do artist talks or things like that and i'm like well mm-hmm. like who told you, you weren't an artist when you like mash that banana Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or who told you you weren't an artist when you sat with your friend and you didn't know what to say, but you just held their hand a little bit longer until they felt better?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it, it just doesn't have to be any of those rigid definitions that we grew up with or yeah. we know in our traditional settings. And I think if I were to grade you, and I'm not an educator, <laughs> I would definitely give you an A plus.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll take it because I'm also like I love getting good grades. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I love that too. So. While we're on the topic of being an academic, um, you recently published an article in the winter 2022 issue of Artlines, the journal for uh, of the Women's Caucus for Art. Um, and I want to talk about that piece a little bit more because it's your latest work. Um, and I couldn't really find a copy of it anywhere. So even oh, though no. Yeah. Oh, I thought the download link, was it not working, the one on the post? I'm not entirely sure but I was trying to find it and I couldn't. I was like, I'll just ask her about it. I'm seeing yeah. her in person.
1: Okay, great, great. And I can I also has if you'd mm-hmm. like also I did present it at a conference so there is a talk version of it. Awesome. Too. Perfect. So, yeah. I'll try to find it
0: after this. Cool, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So um that piece so one of the things I do with my it's a concept of art writing, mm-hmm. right? Um And also, like, it kind of goes back to, like, what if people know, like, ethnography or reflexive ethnography, placing yourself in your work. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes I switch voice quite often in my... Even in academic writing. And I'll use things like change the font or use, like, uh, section breaks Mm -hmm. or whatever it is in order to say that all these things that I'm doing and thinking and writing and making can fall together even if you don't see it the eye. Like, I hope... Mm-hmm. I hope I they get that get to the conclusion that they understand what I'm doing that we're on a journey together through my crazy not crazy but like more so energized way of approaching concepts right mm-hmm. and placing my stories my experiences my first hand experiences into it so that article was about it's 2020 all of us had stuff planned pandemic was not gonna like we all knew this is gonna happen to 2020 mm-hmm. 2019 we maybe could have turned around but maybe we couldn't, who knows right mm-hmm. but regardless we were in lockdown so what do we do and how do we think and how do we be in that time also mm-hmm. as artists and also as women a, a career women and people who felt like they worked really hard or whoever it is now all of a sudden, you just have to stop mm-hmm. right or you have to somehow transpose what you do to an online platform or right. to some type of live streaming and I kind of was like talking to friends and I was like are you like how's that working out for you right mm-hmm. like and they're like it sucks right like <laughs> like a lot awful. of especially musicians they're like because you know whoever's listening to whatever you're doing you don't know what kind of computer speakers they have at home you mm-hmm. might not have a studio that's right for that your work like my work it ha- does have room for like uh you know, movement, but some people are very intentional about mm-hmm. the way they compose things, right? So, like, that was definitely a challenge, um, and, we, and people were like, are you going through this too? And it was like, I was just reviewing my text messages, I was reviewing my emails, I was looking at festivals being put online, I was looking at, like, exhibitions, how do we transpose that to, like, a gallery exhibition online? Um, and how do we say that the other than what event, like how it looks differently, how does it feel differently? Mm-hmm. And what does it mean when we stop thinking? Like if we're, so, if we're so focused on making sure that it's as good or just as good as what we could have done, mm-hmm. then what are we losing in the process? Right. Like what happens to like sisterhood? Mm-hmm. What happens to just honoring your impulse? Mm-hmm. What happens to like being overly conscious of presentation and edit, like? During the pandemic, I, I w- I'm I would one of those people who loves working off the, the cuff when it comes to art. And I would see myself, like, overly edit things. And I was like, this is, like, I need to, like, okay, control Z, control Z, like, <laughs> get the heck out of there. Because you just, like, oh, you're micromanaging your own work because we're all, like, in these isolated bubbles. Right. And so that's what that article was really about is how, like, maybe we're failing each other. And, like, maybe we're failing this like the creative impulse. Maybe we're failing our friends and other women artists who definitely have to be, are challenged by cu- like culture anyway, mm-hmm. right? And we already have these connotations we have to combat. And we want to be, stay successful. And we don't want to lose our jobs and all this stuff. We're, we're holding so much at the same time. So maybe there needs to be a little bit of grace mm-hmm. about letting ourselves go about this differently. And what would happen if we allowed for that, for that to be seen? to see that struggle of all of us being like, you know, no, I'm not losing, I'm not on a, like, I'm not, like, becoming a bodybuilder and having, like, like great deltoids now, (laughs) like, that's not what I'm, like, that's not what I'm doing in the pandemic, and I'm also not eating, although I did for a little bit, Ben and Jerry's every night, you know, like, Mm -hmm. what if some of it's just being like, I kind of wish I did that project a little bit better, Mm -hmm. and maybe I'm gonna put it out there, and I'm gonna let people experience it and also let them know that it's not the way I necessarily wanted to be. What did you get from it? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And like, maybe that feeling is actually more important than the work. Mm -hmm. Maybe the hearing about the feelings I went through and put it out anyway might be more useful. And also it's like a way to be nice to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, like what if we all allowed ourselves a bit more grace when we have challenges? Because this world as you were talking about before we're coming up against challenges we've never had to before Mm -hmm. and it's not like the human brain has evolved in the last two years or society has evolved at the same rate so we're just trying to make sense of it all Mm -hmm. and still try to stay grounded and still try to breathe and drink water and sleep and things like that so like that's really what the article is about i don't really know why the women's caucus of the arts like Like, I was really pleased that they were interested in it, because it's also, like, an essay, but it's also academic, because I also cite some other authors and, like, about Mm -hmm. how some of it also was not, like, really at a disservice to, like, disabled folks, and, like, it was really a disservice to people who were, like, having mental health struggles, Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden they had to act like it was, like, fine, right? But, like, they're not, they're working more than they ever did before. Right. And then, except for they're wearing pajama pants, but, like, that doesn't really help that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know why everyone talks about, like, that was the big gain we got. <laughs> not was, like, to wear did, jeans? I was like, I already had pajama pants. I was wearing them anyway.
0: <laughs> but, but, you know, like, that's not a big consolation prize. Right. So, yeah. yeah. We, just, we just lost so much in process, and I think us trying to make our forms of what we would do in person identical when we did it online as you said that was making us all i think struggle even more and you were losing so much in that because not every form is the same right yeah yeah yeah
1: and there's so much wonderful unintentional things that happen when we just let ourselves feel things and also feel things with others Mm -hmm. so what a great time like to do that because we're all at home needing to feel connection anyway mm. so maybe it's not about like what are we going to do when we get through this it's like what are we doing right now just to feel okay right now
0: right and and that this is actually the conversation that we had in our previous episode about how do we deal with the uncertainties of our life is mm. to take control of what you do have what you can so you said you know eat sleep breathe Yeah. do what you can at home Yeah. do what you can to fundraise or help or volunteer
1: yeah or even just like you nev- people who never painted before exactly. or people who never like my favorite thing is when people get into like djing or mm-hmm. like use like online platforms because now they have all this access to these like production tools mm-hmm. so like it's really empowering to like watch how you kind of like everyone loves making a, a playlist for someone right right but like what if like you go beyond that you mm-hmm. know and all of a sudden there's time for that and also how how do you now feel better like to me like that's part of comforting yourself and dealing with uncertainty definitely has to do with like embracing whatever creative impulse that makes you feel more available to yourself Mm -hmm. because a lot of times we compartmentalize things in order to function and it's fine that's like i'm not saying it's the best thing to do but it's also like survival strategy Mm -hmm. but there has to be a point where we evaluate that and say like well what happens when we do
0: that and the last two years have been fantastic for (laughs) reevaluating everything yes Yes. (laughs) very much so so we are already talking about this a little bit. But how do you think people without a background in art can approach it in a way that allows them to express themselves and give them the grace of, well, it doesn't look like Picasso's art?
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I would have to, like, so there's a band called the Linda Lindas that um, mm-hmm. became popular recently. They did something, I think it was, like, the L.A. Public Library. Mm-hmm. Like, they just decided, like, there's, like, a bunch of preteen girls. And they were really into punk. Mm-hmm. And they're Riot Girls. And it was this whole thing of, like... And all of a sudden, overnight, everyone was like, look at this raw emotion. And also, like, to be fair, let's say, like, a lot of rock and punk not, doesn't necessarily re- require a, lo- a high level of expertise. It was just raw mm-hmm. emotion for girls playing in a library. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think a lot of people felt so inspired by that. And their lyrics were, like, you know, like, like, like they were talking back at a world that wasn't seeing them or respecting them. Mm -hmm. And it was like, to me, that's something that I've always been really aware of for myself, which is like, I was always, like, I'm always was really disappointed in art classes because I was like, oh, I can't get perspective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why is the head bigger than the, like, like the head is bigger than, than the entire body? <laughs> you know? And Or I'd be like, oh, I can't mix my paints, right? And I was like, so all these traditional forms, I really felt like an exclusionary act to me. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I know I'm an artist. I just don't art the way you art. But I don't know how to talk about that. Right. And so I was really into collaging, like, and pasting, like, feathers on, like, and beads onto things and mm-hmm. then, or putting, or like the fashion act, right? Mm-hmm. You just go into your like parents' closet and you put everything on, you know? <laughs> and and I think that's kind of what I just, I kept doing is I just go into people's closets. I go into the world and I put everything on mm-hmm. and then see, and then run around the room and see what falls off, you know? Right. <laughs> and, and, then, and then work from there.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So I would say that to people is like, don't underestimate that your instinct, your creative instinct isn't already the most powerful act of your art making in itself. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't come to a fruition, if it doesn't come to a full project, it doesn't necessarily make it less of an artful act. Mm-hmm. In in some ways, and in its unfinished edges, it's more artful because right. you're so present to it. And also to give yourself grace, also to acknowledge that we're all dynamic people who are growing and changing. So your art is going to grow and change too, right? Like mm-hmm. how much would that suck if you would get like judged on something that you said 10 years ago for the rest of your life. Well, mm-hmm. We don't do that, right? We allow people to be like, oh, I haven't seen you in forever. Tell me how you are today. Right. Right? But, like, what if we allowed that with our art to be like, oh, like, I haven't seen your paint, like, and then be like, oh, I haven't painted in years, but I did, like, you know, make this totally, like, I made this TikTok and, like, look, I, I created Renegade. You know, whatever it is, you know, whatever it is right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what I would say. And I would also say, like, don't underestimate what could be artful. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes, like, I've seen some really great art about people just, like, talking about how much they love eating ice cream. I love ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And I think everyone's just like, what is that? What is it? And it's, like, emotional. And then, like, taking the time to language and think about these moments that we all have. And then you're like, wow, like, that's artful. Mm-hmm. Like, or even to give it language, or even, like, what does it sound like to feel loved? Right? Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, well, this, that's why I love this harmony, and mm-hmm. this, that's really great. Or maybe it's just the sound of harps, or maybe, like, I love an organ, right? Like, the sound of an organ puts me in a place of rec- recognizing that there's something outside of this world, right? Mm-hmm. And art allows for that. So right. that's what I would say, is that you probably are an artist. It's just whether or not you let yourself be comfortable with your art being wherever it's at.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that is brilliant advice and I think that's the perfect advice to end our episode on today. So I would just like to thank you for taking your time out of, you know, this meet and greet that of is for course,
1: you. Of course, of course. Well yeah. I'm I'm very happy to sit here and chat with you both. Yeah. All night and also like if you have any questions or anything Mm -hmm. else if you just i can i'll send you the article too got it or any follow-up things i'm also happy to do that as well because i also understand how that can work too yeah
0: we can definitely stay in contact with you so thank you so much we really appreciate it and thank you for listening observing fullerton thanks Alright, that is the end of today's podcast. Fullertonians, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Fulton Observer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the latest Fullerton news. Full-length stories of all our headlines are available on the Fulton Observer website, or you can subscribe to the print edition that gets mailed to your home every two weeks. You can also donate to support local journalism on our website. The journalists behind our headline stories are Jesse Latour, Jane Rance, and Emerson Little. Special thanks to Marlo Delara for the interview today. Adrian Mesa is our editor, and I'm Marush Navid, your host.